Hi guys, I'm André Villas-Boas, listening to Echoes of Glory. And don't forget, whatever happens, the future is bright, the future is lily white. Come on, your spurs. Hello, and welcome to Echoes of Glory, season 12, episode 21. I'm here, Steve. And I'm Rob. Hey, you are, you are back from the game. How did it feel? It feels like it's been a while since we beat them that convincingly. I was looking at some of the stats earlier. So we've only won seven out of the last 39 against Chelsea, which is horrible, isn't it? So but, painful. Um, and so when you consider that, it was quite calm today, actually. Mm. they I thought Spurs played really, really well. And I think we're really easy to jump on the pod and criticise them when they, you know, when they perhaps don't turn up and the media are quick to jump on them and, when when they don't turn up, but today I just thought they played really really well. The the over they they were really calm. I thought yeah. today, so they started really aggressively for the first sort of five minutes, and then Chelsea really got into the game, and I thought they were sitting back a little bit, but they stayed really really calm. And what I really liked about it today was that the I thought I could see a real self belief, but also a real togetherness that all of the players were beginning to play for each other a little bit. So I think when we got beaten by Leicester a couple of weeks ago, whenever yeah. it was, and I think there was a, there was rumours in there, or say they came, or some of them came out afterwards, didn't they, and said they had like a heart to heart, you know, there were, there were honest conversations and stuff. And I thought you could see a bit of the, the payoff of that today. Mm. There, were, there was no finger pointing. There was no kind of, you know, you could see the back three a few weeks ago beginning to like nibble at each other a little bit in terms of mistakes and things like that. And there was none of that today. You know, if someone was out of position, the other person went and covered for them. They were they were really solid and they and they were really together. And considering they've only won seven in 39, like they're an absolute bogey team, aren't they, for us? Yeah. And the team that, I don't know about you, but I love to beat Chelsea more than anyone um, for so many reasons. Uh, I thought they were great today and well worthy of it, actually, at 2-0, well worthy. There's so many great narratives, aren't there? I mean, you have a look at that team. You've got Fernandez sitting in the middle, who was 100 million. Then they've got Koulibaly, who they went out and just picked one of the best centre defenders in the in the world from Napoli. And um, you've got Murdoch, who's just sitting on the bench, and who beats them? two lads from Tottenham, well, one from Tottenham, one from uh, one in Garden City, you know? Um, yeah. How did it feel when Skip scored? Terrific. I, I, it was literally, I sit in 416, so I'm northwest. And I was saying to my son today that, that, that there's never any goal. We, we, so they always kick towards us in the first half. Yeah. Which is never, it's never, you know, we haven't got a great record in the first half all season. Yeah, yeah. But we were literally right behind the goal. In fact, mate, I nearly missed it because I was texting you about the state of the, about the state of the first half. But it was, I was looking right down the throat of it when he when he hit it. It was a great goal and the place erupted. I think because the the relief that we scored but also who it was and uh yeah, it was a great moment. Yeah. He he just seems so happy with that and it, it oh, what a narrative that's great. And then Kane, I mean, I don't know why you just leave Kane free in a box like that. I mean, what? how much of this victory can you put down to Chelsea just being dreadful and how much of it was us? You know, I didn't think Chelsea were that bad today. I mean, I, I've read some of the stuff on social media from their supporters about, you know, the form and Potter out and all. I think Potter should stay in maybe forever. Um, 
but um, I didn't think they played that. They've got no cutting edge, basically. So they they just they haven't got anyone. They haven't got anyone in that kind of number nine slot. Havertz played at the top today, but he's not a he's not a you know out turn out striker. Um, but other than that, in terms of in possession, little kind of triangles that they were playing around Skip and Heiberg some of the time, I actually didn't think that they played that bad in possession. I thought they looked mm. pretty good. They just got absolutely no cutting edge. And you mentioned Fernandez earlier. I mean, I know it's early days for him, right? He's only been there a month or so. But if he's worth 105 million euros, then I, you know, he, I thought, you know, I, I couldn't see a great deal of difference between him and Heuberg today. Put it that way. No, 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 no. Um, I think Davis might be a better left back than Perisic. He's just performed really well in the last few games. Uh, maybe mm. I'm maybe I'm just a bit biased, but I mean I'm, I thought Romero was unbelievably good. I thought yeah, it was it was unbelievable today. So I I, I sort of singled out five players who I thought were just incredible. Obviously, Skip today, high energy. Like even in the last two minutes, he sprinted from one side all the way at the other side of the of the pitch to cover for Romero to cover for Royale, who'd gone up got up the pitch. Kane on the ball today, just a class. Every, yeah. every, pretty much everything that happened today with us, he was involved in in the in the last third. I thought, I thought he was terrific. Um, Romero was immense today. I thought, and what he's also started to do, I've noticed in the last couple of weeks, Romero, is he started to get some of the ace. He started to impact some of the other players as well. Mm-hmm. So there were a couple of moments he went up to Emerson today, and he was really talking to him like. G in him, but also they were, he, he he was directing him, telling yeah. him where to be. So he's really starting to lead in that team now, which is great. And I thought I thought Hoiberg was was great, um, was really great today as as well. You know, he really kind of nursed skip through that game, particularly at, at the beginning. Yeah. Um, and he was a he, he was he was a real powerhouse today. The only slight disappointment though was Richardson. I thought. Oh really? I thought he was everywhere. He was, but I, I feel like they got to get a little bit more out of Richarlison. He was, he he ran himself into the ground, um, but just I didn't think he impacted the game quite as much as perhaps you would want him um, to. But again, I think it's only his second start, isn't it? In he just feel like he needs games to me. Yeah, and he's he's not starting in his position as he's he's replacing yeah. Son as well, so it's a bit of an odd one. Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought Kuliseski was, really was getting close to his his best as well. Yeah. He's getting better as well. It was just a great game. And how diff- I mean, they didn't get close to our goal much at all. And you think the the, the talent on show. I mean, really, Jao Felix, good player. Sterling. I've never been a fan of Ziyech ever since we we saw him against us. He always just looks moody. You know, he just looks like he. he He's too good for it, and he's playing for Chelsea. Like that, as much as we hate it, they're one of the biggest clubs in the world, and he's he's not better than that. He's got like that Arnautovic arrogance, but he's not playing for Stoke. He's playing for Chelsea. He, he hasn't done it for Chelsea. He needs to be better. But yeah, we're playing Ziyech, Felix, Sterling, Havertz, but they didn't get close to us. Felix looked good, but he looked really deep. I thought, particularly in the first half, he was playing almost on the halfway line. I didn't really understand that, but he, um, I thought he looked. You could, you know, you could just tell when someone's quality, can't you? And I thought he just looked quality on the ball. I really, I thought Chilwell was good today. I like Chilwell, and he was, he was nasty. Chilwell, all the fans were really getting on his back, but and you know, I, I kind of, 
Yeah, I kind of don't mind that. I wouldn't mind him in, you know, I thought he played quite well today. James was pretty good today. But I didn't really see anyone uh, that I would want in in my team. And sorry, I didn't answer your point before about Davis. I think Davis is perfectly suited at the moment. Like they basically were playing seven at the back at times today. Yeah, yeah. And he, he's perfectly suited for that. Um, and we saw the best and worst of Emerson today in that kind of wing-back position. He was so solid yeah. in, in, in defence. And he's begun to cut in a little bit, I've noticed, more in the last few weeks, which is really, really good. But there were a few times down the wing when he was bombing down the wing. <laughs> I mean, there was one time he looked like he got lost. He was like, I don't know what we're doing. Where, where am I going? Where am I going? Which was quite funny. But um, yeah, it, it's they all just look like suddenly they've all just found a bit of uh, form. They should uh, give Stellini the job or something. I don't know. Well, I mean, you have a look at what you want from a manager. Good performance is winning games and making players better. He's doing all three of those. He, he's come out and said that Conte's back. But I mean... I see. He's back this week, yeah, but I mean, it might not be the worst option in the world. I mean, obviously, we're just mm. jumping onto a trend. It's a bit like when Di Matteo, who won the Champions League for Chelsea? Was it Di Matteo, but it was off the back Di of Di Matteo. Yeah. Yeah. It, it wasn't really him. Um, no. <laughs> well, um, no. I'm sure Conti will be back and uh, and they'll be, they'll be better for it, particularly down the back end of the season. No, they'll he'll he'll drive them money. It'll be, yeah. be good to get him back. And we'll come on to Sheffield United, the Wolves, but like the run we've got now: Sheffield United, Wolves, Milan, Forest, Southampton, Everton, Brighton. Like they they games you want, Bournemouth. They games you want. So uh, yeah, I'm not worried. You so you talked earlier about them. Um, these are the games you like. The, beating Chelsea is the big one. What are the ones that come to your mind first? Like the the quick ones. I remember the one. Do you remember the, the long range goal from Ericsson? Remember that yeah. where he lined them up, and then was it Lamet Delhi scored and Lamella scored? Was that that game? I remember the long. Was it the, was that in the second half? The long ball from Dyer, we basically oh, yeah. just threaded a long one through to Delhi, who flicked it with his right foot, didn't he, or the outside of his yeah. right foot, and then leathered it and oh, ran in front of the Chelsea supporters with his hands cupped oh, in his ears. I love that. There's I, a still, I still picture from that yeah, where they're all swearing and shouting that. like they yeah. want to kill him. Yeah, like, I I really miss Delhi. That Delhi, where he was just that Delhi, that Delhi late runs, mm. just a shit bag. Um, yeah. my what my second ever game at Spurs was two one, where we were two 0 up with Bale scoring when he was at left back and Defoe scoring. Then they scored late. Um, I didn't really understand how big of a game it was. Being totally honest. Because I've been to many games. It, if you haven't been, I don't think you can really understand. Because I, I, I tell people, I was, who did I speak to the other day? I spoke to someone who wanted to set the podcast, um, Boy from the City, and he, he was like, he said, oh, I'm, I'm last off that, and sorry about that, mate. And I was like, that. There's a there's a phrase we've got, which is, I, I hate Arsenal because I'm Tottenham, but I hate Chelsea because I'm human. And it, it like I've been see Kyle that, I've been hissed that, I've had anti-Semitic. Yeah. I'm not even Jewish, but they they yeah. the stuff that they've done to Me us. Too. Is horrendous, right? And it that's just who they are. And so beating them and you, you don't know you don't appreciate that if you appreciate you don't experience that unless you go to the game. It's just what a vile bunch of what a vile behaviour is allowed at that club. The very fact and the that thing and, and, and the thing is and it's one of the benefits from the season ticket is obviously you get to see all you get to see and where I sit. I'm not really on top of the away fans, but I'm close enough. They're sort of over the other side of the stand that I'm in. And 
the, a lot a lot of the Chelsea supporters that I know say, well, everyone everyone's like that. You'll just basically, you just hear it from us. And it's like, no, they're not actually. Like, I don't hear other clubs doing the doing the Auschwitz hissing. No. Actually, actually, I don't. And I don't hear the anti-Semitic chanting from any other away fans. Even the fans that really come in that hate Tottenham, West Ham fans, Arsenal fans that hate Spurs, hate the players, they don't do that. And the Chelsea fans do do that. And it's tolerated and it's allowed and it's a disgrace. They're the only away fans I've heard for like pretty much other than the first game back after the World Cup that were having a crack at Kane today for the penalty miss. Really? That's interesting. Yeah, they were. Yeah, quite a lot. Well, the, the first very, half. very famously, the, the National Front used to recruit outside Stamford Bridge in the 80s. Like, and there is a reason for that. Um, mm. And there's a Badil wrote a really good book about um, anti-Semitism and stuff. And he started the whole Y word thing. And I, it, I find it so difficult because I go, I get why you're saying it, but there's so much you can clean up in your own club why are you saying this to us and it always undermines all of his chat because you go apart from the fact he did blackface on a show once you go this book is brilliant it's genuinely very good i learned loads about anti-semitism yeah. that sort of stuff right. but you go sort your own club out sort your own club out <sighs> yeah anyway. the why word thing is complicated it's a complicated problem isn't it the why word thing because you know i think it's it's probably time that that word wasn't used in our stadium and is it all the time has long since passed i should say actually that that word shouldn't be used in in the stadium anymore like i take my um my kids to the to the stadium i've got a nine-year-old and a six-year-old and my six-year-old didn't come today um and like obviously i i i've had to have conversations with him about you know how we're not gonna we're not gonna you know use yeah. that term but it isn't just the, like at the end of the day, the stuff that you hear at a football stadium, um, you hear worse, particularly in, from from the Chelsea. You know, it's it's uh, it's 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 a problem with with it's kids. Cool. I think it's it a problem. Cool. Sure, I went. Um, so I came back to I went I went to the rugby. I went to back home for Wales versus England. It's my weirdly my first Six Nations game back at home. I've been to France, been to Ireland. I've been to Italy or Scotland, they're, they're next on the list. Um, I've been to Twickenham loads. Um, and it was a 4.45 kickoff, which means people were smashed before yep. the game kicked off. And we, the game, like, it was more than half English because they'd been buying tickets because the tickets are 150 quid minimum now. So Wales is the poorest nation in Western Europe, right? So people can't afford these tickets. I'm not saying all Welsh people are poor, but proportionately, they're more likely to be poor than in England. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of banter going around and if it was football it would have kicked off actually it was yep. all jovial like it was it was aggressive at times but it was all people were shaking hands and i i know there's a rugby tradition and stuff but it it would be nice to if we could get a bit of that in football because I, I do like the aggressive atmosphere in football but it was also nice to feel a bit safe you know i mean i i've had coins thrown at me and people just wanting to start fights i've had stuff grabbed off me when i sat too close to chelsea fans you know um you see like some of those videos on like on instagram or you know you know when you when you're scrolling through the reels and stuff and you see the you see the 
footage of where supporters are right on top of the opposition supporters and they've just scored and the aggression and you look yeah, at it yeah. square down the lens and you're like, I just don't know. I don't get it. Like you do under, it's just, it's just, it's football. Like what are, what, what is going oh. through your mind where you lose it to that extent because of a, because of a football team, you know, when you're, you know, you, yeah. it's, 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 it's just nuts. I've, I've experienced something similar with, I mean, I think aggression in sport is, is kind of part of it, but it's got to be, it's like sporting aggression, isn't it? As opposed to outright violence yeah. that you're kind of looking for. And I've um, experienced something similar with the rugby and you're exactly right. Like everyone's absolutely piling into the booze for hours before the game. I could always remember going into rugby stadiums, but I never, ever remember anything about the game or leaving ever. <laughs> and I've I've been to so many England games in the Six Nations and stuff. It's nuts. And I never remember leaving and couldn't tell you anything about any of the games that I've seen. But I do remember <laughs> that I, um, quite a few years ago now, at Twickenham, saw a Calcutta Cup, England-Scotland, yeah. and found myself sat literally surrounded by about 3,000 Scottish fans and me. And not I didn't really know where I was sitting. And, you know, I had the colours on and stuff. And yeah, it was fruity. And I must admit, because I've got a football mentality, I sat down and thought, oh, my God, you know, I've got to keep my head down here. But actually, it was fruity, but it was great. It was really good. And we had a real laugh with all those with all those people. And and we ended up winning. It kind of helped. But I never once actually felt unsafe. Um, And I can imagine if I sat down, you know, at the London Stadium in, well, I've sat down in in the home section in the London Stadium, but never in my in my white and blue colours. No. Um, I would I would I'd be lucky to get out with my face in one piece. I think. Oh, so yeah. yeah, we need more rugby. We need a bit bit more, but not too much. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it, this always comes up with Chelsea. I, I just I hate them. Like, and it, it, I find this game so stressful. Like, it's very it's very difficult to enjoy. And even when we're two 0 up and it was ninety minutes gone, I thought anything can happen here. You know, I just, I, there's nothing enjoyable about this game, but it's always good when we win. Right. Anything else? Fernandez is such a mad one, isn't it? Like how much he costs compared to, I know he, he's not in control of how much he costs and he just won a World Cup, but I can't see it happening. Like, you, you know, when you look at, you know, there's some players when they cost 100 million, you go, I, I get it. I get it. I don't see it with him. I just don't. I didn't think he looked a better fit for them than Jorginho, put it that way. No, I think what they'll end up doing is settling on a team of players that they mostly had previously that actually just gelled together. Like you were saying with Chilwell and Reese James and things like that, but have a few old hats and then a couple of people. What will be scary is they, if they do go out and get a number nine, then maybe they'll start doing yeah, stuff. Yeah, but they're yeah. not. I do they, I do think they really miss that. But And, and Kante's not, I mean, Kante, such a great player. I know, he, I know he's older now, but they really miss him. Like, I think they just missed him in the middle, in the middle of the park today, thank goodness. Yeah, and they're I mean, out of the way now until next year, aren't they? So we're without our captain, we're without our our best central midfielder, and one of our, the best attacking talents in the world as well. So I'm not giving them much. And they've spent 500 million. They've got enough people on the bench. Yeah. But this year, as in this calendar year, played 11, won one, drawn four, lost six. Did you see their um? <laughs> did you see their goal of the month competition? They I have one goal in it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this, yeah, did you say it scored six in 12 or something? Is that right? Something ridiculous. Yeah, it was one goal where <laughs> Felix scored against Joe Felix yeah. scored for his debut against West Ham. Yeah. Oh, yeah. great. Have you got any mates that support Chelsea that are actually 
I've I've got some mates that are nice people that support Chelsea. Yeah. And I and so many times I know and you know they're really lovely people actually and I I care for them an awful lot and I so many times I'm like why are you supporting this football team I don't get it like stop supporting this don't you understand what this team is don't you understand what John Terry is don't you understand yeah, right. that yeah, and the, the and they're like no 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 he's amazing I'm like he really he's, he's a great player but he really isn't amazing like he's really not he's an awful I don't want, being. I don't want I don't want my kids I don't want my kids yeah it's not about Terry is it but you know what I mean? Just but there still is that captain leader legend thing is still there, and so they they know what they're doing with everything that he did, and they accept it. And I find it really difficult because I've got one mate who's a really good mate, and I he's a surgeon, like he's a good person. He's given so much money and time in his life to making other people better, and then he supports his club. And we argue about it, and it, it gets a bit aggy at times. Um, because we're the plus ones, it, it, my my wife and his wife grew up together. But it all comes back to love and respect, so we're, we're good. Problem is with John Terry, is he was brilliant. Yeah, yeah. That's always the problem. It's, was it's all the player. geniuses. Da Vinci yeah. was a pedo. There's all problem. All the all the great geniuses <laughs> have something. Um, yeah. There's very few of them that don't. My dad, my dad talks about because Joe Strummer's my favourite. Passion, Joe Strummer, my favourite. He's like he was he was cheating on his wife all the time. But I'm like, so was Martin Luther King. He, you love him yeah, as yeah, well, yeah. don't you? Like it's all there's always cracks in it, isn't there? I don't buy his records for how good a husband he was. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But I do draw the line at like the lost profits and Gary Glitter then. So they, they you can say you can't support the art from the artist. Yeah. No, the I think I've, I've taken Ralph Harris out of my out of my record collection now. That's, I must be like. <laughs> Uh, we have Sheffield United on Wednesday. It's on TV as well, on yeah. non-paid for TV. They're a really interesting yeah. place. They're second in the championship. They're fighting for it. They're a good few points. They're 12 points behind Burnley with a game to play, but only 13 more games to play. They're only a few. They're only seven ahead of Middlesbrough in second. So they're they're a bit further behind Burnley than we need them to be. We'd like it to be closer, but they should be concentrating on the league, right? Fifth round, though. Fifth round of the FA Cup, away to Sheffield United, with all the teams from the Premier League that are now knocked out of the FA Cup. We should be winning it. I mean, I it's we have got a great chance of getting our hands on that trophy, I think. Because isn't it Man United have got West Ham, so one of those are gonna go. One of those is going, yeah. And then and they just got... won today. And historically, when you win the Carabao Cup. A few weeks afterwards, you form, unless you're Man City, your form can dip a little bit, can't it? So, well, that's it. And then you've got Stoke versus Brighton, Leicester versus Blackburn, beat all any of them. Fulham Leeds, we can beat any of them. Bristol City versus Man City, we have just beaten City. Southampton versus Grimsby, Burnley Fleetwood, Man United West Ham. I'm confident. Man United are on a massive run of form at the moment. So, yeah. You know, yeah. a, I'm more worried about them than City. But, yeah. This could be the greatest chance we've had. I think we've got a great chance and we're always going to have to come up against, like we're not just going to plough through the cup and not have to play any decent Premier League teams at all. Like the, You know, we, we will have to get through, through a bit like when we won it unbelievably 32 years ago and uh, maybe we can talk about John Motson very briefly before the end, but you know, um, I, uh, <laughs> he, he commentated on that cup final 32 years ago. So, you know, he's ingrained in my mind as far as I'm concerned, but um 
you know, we had to beat Arsenal, obviously, in the semi-final that year, and they were on an unbelievable run. No one gave us any chance of winning that game, really. Um, and uh, and yet and yet we did. And also Forest were a bit of a bogey team for us, now playing really well as well at the time that we played them in the final. So we're definitely going to have to going to come up against. But you just get a feel, don't you, sometimes? And I've just got a little bit of a feeling in my water that I had that it's uh, maybe a year. It's weird. Which almost certainly means we'll lose 4 0 away at Sheffield United, oh, we'll on, Sheffield United. Uh, on Wednesday. I think we'll be Sheffield United. Beat and Sheffield then we'll see what happens. It'd be like 2 0. I bet you it's 0 0. We're on top, but we haven't created anything. They've had one half decent chance. Then I'll get to 60 minutes. Someone will score. It'll be an attritional player, like a defender or a skip, or Saar will score his first goal. And then someone will be brought on to just firm it out, and they'll score Kane or Kudusevsky. That is definitely what is going to happen. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I agree. And 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 you know what? We've got we've got a few players in the team at the moment, perhaps not for the fifth round against Sheffield United, but some of our players you can just I can almost imagine I don't know, maybe I think Jack might have said this on a pod a few weeks ago, like Perisic has got a goal in a semi final of an FA Cup in him, isn't he? You just he really know does. he has. Or yeah. Richarlison, you know, in the final, you just you just know, or Heiberg or somebody, they just you just know that they've got quality in that team now that, you know, in a must-win game in a final, that they've got, just got a great chance of getting over the line. So, you know, I'm feeling quite, um, I'm feeling quite positive about the FA Cup at the moment. I must say, I'm, I'm a little bit more cautious about top four, but I'm feeling quite positive about the FA Cup. Yeah, I mean, we've won eight FA Cups. That's a huge amount of FA Cups. We are a massive cup team. And yeah. I'm, I'm pretty, and it would be great to see that lot lift the trophy. Um, mm. You've got a score prediction for that game? 3 uh, 0. Yeah, I think it'll be quite an easy run out. Uh, I just yeah. found this quote, which I'd saved. Um, uh, someone's found this quote from Potter about how he didn't go to Tottenham because he had no interest in risking his flourishing reputation to <laughs> Daniel Levy. <laughs> mm. Good luck. I don't think he realised that they were going to go and spend 500 million on nine players within six months of him arriving. I mean, they literally killed him, didn't they? Yeah, I mean, no, well, they just have to spend 60 million getting rid of him. It's oh, it's, <laughs> it's, it's it's hilarious. I mean, our what our goal scores cost nothing. <laughs> it's really funny. They've got um, to give him time, Potter. Chelsea, like they, you, you take some of those players out of that team that are out injured at the moment, like you said, a bit like we are. But also, they're running, some of the running just coming back. Though. I think Chilwell's mm. only just coming back. And the Fafana play today came on for Silver. But like, I think you take the players that have been injured for them out of any team and, they, and they're going to struggle. So let's get their players back and then see how they get on. But as long as Pochettino doesn't go there, ASD, I don't he mind. He's turning You don't down. think? Why? Because he's, he's coming to Tottenham. That's why. I would love that. And I, know, I, I don't care about the ex-girlfriend stuff. It doesn't work. I, I, I want him back. But the, um, mm. I mean... They're never going to finish top four, Chelsea. I mean, right. they might finish, well, the 10th now. They're four points behind Brentford who have a game in hand. And four points behind Brighton who have two games in hand. Then I'm, top half will be good for them. So they could just sort of sack the season off now. I'd just be finding your best team and just just not not getting relegated. Well, what else are you going to do? Because they don't want to be in the Europa Conference League next year. Yeah. Do they um do they have I don't I'm, I I haven't read enough into it um but do they have some consequences financially if they don't finish in the top four I don't mean prize money I mean because of all the money that they've spent on 
um, on players and the, now the massive wages that they've taken on with all these players are there consequences for them or does the you know the eight year contract does it kind of bail them it out must do it must do over from what I've read is this amortization across the eight year periods really helps them but they cannot have planned to finish 10th because well isn't it like it's a million pound difference in between every position in the league mm. but the big thing will be the impact on the tv money because if you no, no one wants to see last year i know chelsea will still be a big team next year but the big games next year won't be chelsea versus liverpool they'll be Arsenal versus man united like the, the, the day when i was growing up so i think it'll have a longer term impact on them if uh rather than just at the end of the season but they we need uefa or whoever it is to come out and say it it's longer than the period, the time period that they've got now. This is why they've done these eight-year contracts. Um, they need to go out and say, well, the eight years, we'll look at it for FFP rather than four years, whatever it is now. God, I hope they, uh, I really hope they get massive fines and, you know, I really hope they do. So we're fourth now, 25 games played, yeah. 45 points. But when you look at it, we're the form side in the top, us and Man United are the form side in the top six. Arsenal, uh, yeah. Ar- Arsenal, Arsenal have lost 2-1-2 two, two in the last five. Spurs have won four, lost one in the last five. Won four, how crazy is that? Won four, yeah. And uh, Man United won three, lost one, draw one. So us and Man United out of the top six are in form. We're the two form sides. So we've got two go, but Newcastle uh, got two games in hand. Uh, below us, and Man United are above us, four points out of us with a game in hand. That's really all to play for, isn't it? Thirteen games left. Really, really is. It is, no... it is definitely, uh, it's definitely all in. It is all in. Uh, I've, it, I've no idea how we're top four, considering how abjectly bad we've been sometimes this year. Like you have a look at all the praise around Newcastle. They've still, I know they could go above us if they, if they um, win their two games, but their form doesn't suggest they will. No, our goals against is worse than anybody else. So yeah. hopefully we've had our wobble. Like we've considered 35 goals this season. United 28, Arsenal 23, City 25. <laughs> Newcastle have considered 15 goals all season. Crazy. Unbelievable. But the teams um, we're now coming up to play, we should be like Nottingham Forest, Southampton, Everton, Palace, Villa, Brentford, Leeds. We, we shouldn't be yeah. conceding against them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think, um, I don't know when it is. We've got Man United soon, don't we? Let me dig it. Let me dig that out. When have we got them, I think? We are home to them on the 27th of April. So another, in about eight or nine games time. That'll be a, that'll be a great game. That's going to be a big game. And then then, um, then Liverpool. Four, day, four days later, we're away at Liverpool. Shit, so and we've got new, and actually twenty third. So we've got Newcastle away, United yeah. at home, and then we're away to Liverpool from the twenty third of April to the thirtieth of April. So they kind of need to keep the momentum, don't they, through at the end of April and then go and win those games, basically. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because I mean, finishing on Palace, Villa, Brentford, Leeds is we should be getting at least nine points in those games. Like we should be beating Villa, Brentford, Leeds. Yeah, that's the yeah. three. They, literally, the whole season rests pretty much, I think, on those there's three the, games. There's the Champions League final. We need to work that out. Right. And if, if season <laughs> goes quite long, doesn't it? it? Goes into you are you. Have you been drinking Champions <laughs> League final? Uh, the se- season goes quite. Yeah, the season goes all the way to end of May, twenty eighth of May. So it must be early June. 
this 10th, 10th of June in uh, Istanbul. I really want, I was telling my, my wife I wanted to go to Istanbul. Um, I hope they can still, I hope they'll be, obviously we'll obviously send our love to all our co- every friend and colleagues in Turkey. I hope they'll yeah. be all right to host it by then. I know Istanbul wasn't impacted. Istanbul. Oh, they have to, it? they have to host it, don't they? They have yeah, to keep yeah. it to yeah. Well, if we, if we make the final, we'll go to Istanbul. Oh God, yeah. You will go to the ball, Cinderella. We'll go. We will go to Istanbul. <laughs> we always talk about this on the. We always use that that Istanbul Champions League final, the 2005 one, as an example. You know, we can make it if Liverpool can get there and win it. Because you have a look at the Liverpool side, which was Dudek, Finn, and Carragher, Hippia, Torore, Javi Alonso, obviously class, Garcia, Gerald, Risa, Kiel, Barosh. And then their team, which was Dida, Cafu, Stam, Nesta, Maldini, Perlo, Gattuso, Seedorf, Kaka, Shoshenko, Crespo. <laughs> yeah. They still wouldn't have beaten. Well, Gerard won it, didn't he, second half? But um, God, I can't, I can't. I, I won't sleep if I start thinking about Champions League finals and things. A few weeks ago, we were saying we might not win any game over the next six games. And now we're talking about the Champions League final, which is a bit of a reach. Um, I was saying this to my son today on the train back. I said to him, he said, you've got to enjoy the wins. He said, why are you over-celebrating? We only won one game. I was like, no, no, you've got to enjoy the wins <laughs> yes, because too. the pain is just around the corner. Yeah. So when we win, really, really enjoy it because when we lose, it really hurts. So yeah, if, yeah. You only, if you only feel the hurt when you lose <laughs> and you never feel the elation when you win, it's terrific. Those ups and downs are what, are what it's all about. And you know what? It would be boring, don't you think, if we were supporting a corrupt club like Man City. There were, you know, it would be astonishing if we didn't win every week. The ups and downs are what it's all about, or yeah, what it's yeah. all about, you know. I but obviously, we're going to win the Champions League, win the cup, and finish third. <laughs> yeah, which I'd take, to be honest, all things mm. considered. When we're losing 4 1 to Leicester, I would have taken that. Yeah, I'm always thinking about this being like a Real Madrid fan. Imagine the whole gate your whole season really comes down to four games which is atletico and barcelona away home and away so the rest of it you should be winning what a miserable existence that is yeah that's not good um yeah quickly wolves next saturday any point of view on wolves um where we should be where we should be beating them or not we normally it's normally quite a tight game up there for us isn't yeah, it? Yeah. although we F-15. normally do quite well in terms of results we normally do quite well up there um i quite like their manager i think they've got quite a good good manager um, who I'm sure will, will have them well organised, mm. but I would expect us to go up there, you know, for it to be a bit of a drab, you know, it's like a classic Kane 2 0 that game. They've played Liverpool a lot recently. They lost them in the cup. Oh, well, they played them in the cup in on the 7th of Jan and they drew 2 2. They played them on the 17th of Jan where they lost 1 0. They played them on the 4th of Feb. They beat them three 0 and they play them on Wednesday before they see us. So hopefully they'll be a bit knackered after that. But yeah, They're yeah. I not... think the only thing, the only the only thing that's going to start to derail us a little bit, I think, is um, just availability of midfield players. Mm-hmm. So you know, like Hoiberg, it, uh, presumably Saar's going to play on Wednesday. Yeah, but is, Hoy- is Hoiberg going to play that game again? Is someone else going to come in and play that game? Is Dyer going to move into midfield? But they can't like we're playing every three day. Well, we've got we've got one period where we've got a week in between games. But otherwise, it's every three days for the next two months. Like they can't play three players in mid in that midfield where they get so overrun. They can't just play two players every game for the next for the next two months. So they're going to have to rotate that midfield. I think unless they're just going to run or you know or one of them 
and end up getting injured. So Who that's the, the options, only thing. I, I wonder how. The, yeah, I don't know. It's going to have to be somebody from either. Someone's going to have to either step into midfield, aren't they? Or they're going to have to, um, you know, they they have to promote from the youth team or something. But I don't see how they can just play Skip and Hoiberg every three days for the next two months. He was, I saw him today. He was in the. He was down by the technical area today. He was on crutches. Oh, so really? my guess is no time soon. Yeah. Okay. Mm. That's See. the only thing that I'm a bit worried about that midfield. How they're going to rotate the players? But you know, let's worry about that. That is pretty tricky. Line, I suppose. I don't get why we signed Dan Juma. Is he just backup in case Son was that bad? Yeah, he doesn't even warm up. You know, I didn't. Yeah, I don't think weird. I saw him warming up today. So it's weird. I don't get it. Maybe yeah, oh, he'll probably weird. play though. Him, Porro. Maybe they'll play on Wednesday. Yeah, Porro came on today in mm. the um, last 10 minutes. I thought he yeah, looked all right. They're quite busy. Um, but they clearly blatantly, you know, they blatantly don't, don't trust him defensively today at the moment after that Leicester performance. Well, DJ um, Spence is getting smashed in, in the French press for not being good enough defensively, which is a real shame. Yeah, that is a shame. But it's you can just I, I can feel that the um I think I think that's been the problem with Richarlison up until this point. That's why they didn't want to drop him, that they just didn't for some reason they just didn't trust him defensively. Yeah. Um and they've had to work on him. And he, and to be fair today, defensively he was like he was pretty solid. He worked so hard. Um but if if they cannot um if they do not trust you defensively, you don't play, I think. Uh, and so he's yeah. going to have to sort out that side of his that side of his game. He played up front today when he came on. He played wide right. Um, yeah. Kudoseski's position when he came on. Not he, he didn't have enough time to to impact the um, the game. But presumably he plays Wednesday. As you yeah. say, that like Sanchez will play Wednesday. Um, Tanganga presumably plays Wednesday. It's such a shame, and Don Belly and the Celso didn't work out because those two would be perfect, like running forward with the ball, mm. doing it. Oh, it. It's such a shame. He's it's at Napoli, isn't he? And Don Belly. Yeah, but he's he's not playing, and he's been a bit shit for them apparently, from what yeah. I've seen. Um, it, up and down at best, but yeah, I mean he could come back with a um, with a with a winner's medal. But uh, last thing before we go, I just saw um. Levy's given himself a half a million pounds. Oh, was it five million pounds to pay rise? Something like that. Mm. Um, because of our financial performance. Yeah, half a million pound pay rise. Seems like a lot, but... <laughs> yeah, it does seem like quite a lot, yeah. Um, yeah. It's interesting. So the uh, did I see that the club... There's room, I know there's been rumours about whether um, the club was up for sale, not up for sale. Um, if anyone was going to buy the team or not in the next, um, you know, few weeks, and I felt like yeah. that had all gone uh, all, all gone a little bit quiet. But actually, um, there were rumours um, coming out this week that um, uh, that that actually there was going to be a big going in three point seven five billion, which feels like it's nowhere near an, enough. That is, isn't the old adage basically? It's eleven times revenue basically all the time, yeah, and but- so. That that's that's five and a half six billion, isn't it? It's not going to be anywhere near enough. Well, Man United's was five billion. Is is roughly five billion at the moment? Is what the really? price is? Yeah, yeah. So it 
it I mean I, I'm not I don't I don't usually talk about money at this level but it, we're not as big as Man United no it's good. obviously they've got almost a billion of debt as well haven't they that would need to be taken on I guess because of the stadium and stuff this is true it's, it, the, the sales interesting though and, and Levy giving himself a pay rise is <laughs> you know a shrewd uh, 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 move of course but the whole Levy out, Enoch out thing is a pod in of itself, I think. But it's like, on the one hand, you could, I think, with some justification, say that Enoch have done a, a great job in terms of, I remember how the club was doing when they bought them. And and the, what particularly in the last five years with the infrastructure that they've put in place there, and actually they have spent money. They haven't spent quite as much money as other teams might have spent mm. but they're also I think we're all fairly confident aren't we that they're operating on the right side of football regulation and not on the wrong side of football regulation they're running it as a business it's a profitable business and so that club is in safe hands for future generations with Enoch I think yeah. that's probably true but if you then say that Man United looks like it's going to end up potentially with state ownership. Man City already has state ownership, or for how much longer, who knows what's going to happen to them, but that feels like that's going to drag on for years. Yeah. Um, Newcastle's state ownership, Arsenal's ownership is odd. Chelsea have got this conglomerate that includes Middle Eastern money. And so actually you say, well, if Tottenham want to compete financially, they kind of don't have an option other than to sell the club and get investors in that are prepared to actually personally put money in to spend in the way that those other teams are doing, even though in my heart, I think what those other teams are doing is basically destroying football. Um, And so it's a really... I'm I'm sort of really torn about it actually that I don't want Spurs to not be able to complete compete at the at the highest level in the game. I want them to be a top four club every season. I want them to be competing for the league eventually. I want them to be in major cup competitions. I want us to sit here and dream about us winning them with authenticity because we actually might. But if they don't change the ownership or get more money put into that club through means other than commercial deals, which the commercial deals are brilliant for Levy's pay rise and for maybe the odd player here and there, but they're not going to enable them to compete with these other teams. Then they're kind of caught between a rock and a hard place, I think. So that it's like, do we do we want to risk the club potentially to be able to compete top four? That's kind of how I feel about it, which might be wrong. Yeah, no, no, I'm no. Not, it's interesting, but, isn't it? Because you go... I think when we talk about the Saudi money, Qatari money, what we're talking about is basically unlimited cash, right? When we talk about Elon Musk and uh, Bill Gates being the richest people in the world, that's because they have to disclose how much they earn. Whereas Saudis and the oil owners and the royal families don't. And there's very real possibilities. There are trillionaires there, which is the craziest amount. Like we can't even think in trillions. And so we can't, you can't compete with unlimited cash. And so then it has to become about the regulation. Like you have a look at the Bundesliga and how they run their clubs with a 51% ownership by fans and things like that. That 
regulation has to be what we do because the other you either on one side you've got unlimited cash from oil which will run out one day uh, but that's not now or you have a look at where the other revenue comes from that is from the fans which comes from tv deals which comes from sponsorship deals and it comes from us going and buying stuff now the more money that gets put in from these unlimited funds the more the game is taken away from us the less money is going to go into it eventually really look the less the, the lower the quality of the product so if you fill a stadium for the tourists i mean you, you've been to a, we've been to finals you know when you go to an fa cup final and less than 20 percent of the crowd um have bought the tickets from a club the rest of its corporate is the, the atmosphere is awful the atmosphere was always better at Spurs then it was at an, a final that Spurs had been at Wembley and if you want to kill the product and create basically NFL then then it will then it will just become a who's the richest owner contest but then that won't be football that we love and so it it feels less about do we want to compete is what what do we want from the whole thing do we want this communityless project or plaything for oil money or do we want football as we know and love it and a reason to support a team and if we want that then it has to be regulated they can't just put unlimited cash in um but you are right the enix stuff we will be here in five years whatever happens if chelsea's owners go leave and they just have somebody who doesn't put money in they will go back to where they were within living memory which is relegated same with city they will go back to being a nothing club they are just pumped full of of cash that is temporary like the, the stadium is being leased to them for a pittance you know the the their sponsorship um the qatari sponsorship is it the airlines is just a way of pumping money into the club you know it, it's mm. that ha- when that comes to an end they will disappear and it will come to an end at one point i don't know what the answer is because i want them to be competitive as well, well but it's... There's, there's there's some really good document if um it's a, it requires a subscription unfortunately but if any of your listeners have got Apple uh, TV, there's a really good subscription about the European Super League mm. and that whole thing that led up to the European Super League on, on, on Apple TV. And part of the problem, I think, with the, with the Premier League and UEFA are definitely part of this problem, is you're absolutely right in terms of that Bundesliga model, the NFL model, putting really, really hardcore regulation in place that kind of stops it getting out of control. But in the Premier League, the problem is, is it's already out of control. Yes. And it feels to me that everybody, including UEFA, as any, any any of the regulatory bodies that ultimately govern and manage the Premier League, including including UEFA, have no vested interest at all to make the Premier League more regulated, to mean that state money and sport washing isn't basically it's it's like it's kind of it's the food that's feeding the baby yeah, that yeah. everybody that everyone wants to everyone wants to have so yeah. no one has any interest to regulate it really the truth is because it's such a powerful product mm. it's such a powerful product it's dwarfed i mean when i was growing up and i was i was a kid i'm still growing up but when <laughs> i was a kid um Real Madrid, Barcelona always used to just buy the best players. Even yeah. back when we first started, like Bale, right, went went around. Bale, Bale wouldn't go to Real Madrid today, I don't think. You reckon? Um, I think he'd I go to City. City, wouldn't he? Yeah. He'd go City, yeah. So, yeah, right. so, so La Liga, and we, and then even before that, like Serie A, all the best players went to Italy. And now, like Marad, like 
Maradona played at Napoli for years, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Like, would would Maradona play at Napoli at the height of his powers today? And the answer, of course, is no. He probably he might be at Barcelona because of the football, or he'd be here. So yeah, yeah. the Premier League has dominated and taken over European football. It's the number one football product in the world. Everyone is hooked up to the vein of the drug of the Premier League. No one is interested in regulating it. So why would they put regulation in place to enable really big teams like Tottenham that aren't state-owned to compete with that instead of just saying, well, Tottenham, what you need to do is you need to sell to this whoever, uh, Jam Najafi, who I, I, I need to read up about him. I don't know enough about him, but it seems to me that there's a consortium sitting underneath him that means that in the end, Tottenham are kind of going in the same way as Chelsea and it's all going in the same direction. So I'm really, really, really torn about it. I don't want to risk my club. I love my club. I don't want my club to be involved in that either. Yeah, yeah. No. And I'll take my kids to watch Maidstone, I think. I'm a bit upset. I don't know. I'm really torn about it. I was going to ask you, when, when do they stop being your Tottenham then and start becoming just a club that's wearing the colours or, a, you know, a, a PLC that's a, a wearing the colours. Well, is there a point, do you think, where you have to go, I don't know it anymore? Yeah, I don't know. I'm getting close to that already, I think. But I think a lot of people... I mean, know. I think... So they're going to put the prices up, aren't they, next season? I'm pretty sure of that. Because they haven't moved them um, for three years or something, have they? haven't moved them for three years. As other clubs have started to come out with 5% increases, so I'm pretty sure Spurs are going to come out with something north of a 5% increase. But, I mean, let's see. But it's becoming untenable now really i mean to for i mean how they sell that thing out every week i know i never know but it's so expensive to go now um you know um i, I don't know how kids will get into it and i can't and, go, and stuff i can't afford it i don't i used to go yeah home. i can't afford it it's so afford expensive it. because it's so expensive people go you know you get the train you get food and even if you don't get food and drink and you just get the train and go and then go home it's, it's horrendously expensive. My train is for where I live in Letchworth, 37 quid down to uh, Finsbury Park. Oh, it's less than that yeah. on the week, in the weekend. You know, and then it's five on the tube. But already I'll be at 30 quid there. Then my ticket will be a minimum of 60 quid. You're doing 100 quid before you even get in the ground. That's a huge amount of yeah, money yeah. today. A huge amount me of money. My, me and my nine-year-old today, we had a drink before the game. I think we had a, uh, we shared a sausage roll and we had a drink after the game to let the crowds go. And we spent 40 quid. Plus the train. Plus the ticket. His ticket's 450 quid. He's nine a season for the home games. Um, and I'm, you know, fortunate at the moment that I'm, well, I've got enough space on my credit card, basically, to be able yeah, to yeah. do that. But, um, uh, you know, they put that up. Suddenly, next season, it's 600 quid or something for a nine-year-old to go to football. I'm really going to pay that? I'm not sure I am. So, yeah, the whole thing just kind of feels a bit a bit up in the air to me at the moment, ASD. And uh, I kind of want to go back to Irving Scholar and, um, you know, being able to queue up outside and buy a ticket on a Thursday yeah, and then yeah, go yeah. to the game on a Saturday. Yeah, that's going to be for me. It's going to be going to Stevenage now. That 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 I got, I'm going to have to go see Stevenage more. But it's hard because I can't not think about Spurs while I'm there. That's the thing. It's got it in me. It's like the, this week the ch- I would have been miserable 
Monday, Tuesday if we'd lost to Chelsea. Yeah. And uh, there's nothing I can do. It's almost like I want a lobotomy, you know, just to get it out of me sometimes. Just I want to not care, but there's something in there. And that's what they're, they're exploiting, really, isn't it? Is that there's a connection or a community or something that's in there. It's given me a lot of yeah. happiness before. But oh, when no. we go and beat Chelsea 2-0, it just makes me feel great. It feels it must have been what it felt like at the end of World War Two when we beat the Nazis. That that <laughs> that is what it must have felt like. Wow. I hate them so much. I really uh anyway i haven't got close, a quiz. probably close to it close yeah it's a little bit of a reach but uh it's, it's late on a sunday night mate thank you as always um hopefully i'll speak to you in a week and we'll have uh three points we'll be in the next round of the fa cup yeah absolutely and also quick shout out today half uh, half time today chris was was um I, I was sat with my son. I was like, oh, my God, I know her. And, um, yeah, she was so cool today talking about the incredible work that they've been doing at Tottenham. And, um, you know, huge, huge props to her for dragging that club uh, to places where it should have already been and the impact that she's having across football as well. So, you know. Huge, yeah, yeah. huge, uh, huge congratulations! It was, uh, it was brilliant to see her up there, and I'd love to think I could be as calm as her, talking in front of fifty people, let alone in front of probably about thirty thousand people, which she was at halftime talking at Port yeah. Court today. She was so calm. Oh my God, what a legend! So huge She's props. Just an excellent human being. She hope my daughter's yeah. great to be like Chris. What a person! Yeah, absolutely. Wait, thank you, thank you as always. Um, yeah, I mean, it's been a great week. I mean, we just beat West Ham and Chelsea on the trot. Two big on the derbies. Feels great. Four goals scored. None conceded. No yellow cards for Romero. Life is good right now. Um, and whatever happens, the future's bright. The future's nearly white. Come on, you Spurs. I always thought there was very, very many people interested in football. And I always thought that football was a very important game. But I never realised until today just how important it is. Whether the Wonder Boys of White Hart Lane are or are not the team of the century can't possibly be more than a matter of opinion. Well, they're the finest team in Great Britain and one of the best in the world. We are about the glory of the game. We are about playing with style. We are Tottenham Hotspur. the ball, the billow of the net, the beating of the trap and the picking of the lock, the swiftness of thought, the lightness of touch. We are Ginola, Greaves, Klinsman. We are the collective gasp, the intake of breath, the flick, the trick, the 30-yard free kick. We are Hoddle, Mabbott and King. We are the lob, the chip, the dummy, and the volley. We are the hat trick, the scissor kick. We are Bill Nick. That is schoolboy's own stuff. We are the outside of the boot, the inside of the net, and those seconds that last forever. Van der Vaart to level it up. Raphael van der Vaart, 2-2. It's quite a game, isn't it always? We are Jennings, Defoe and Perryman. 
Glory past, glory future, what was, what is, what's next. We are Blanche Flower, Ardelis, and Bale. We are about winning with a flourish. We are about winning with style. We are about the glory of the game. Daring to try, daring to risk, daring to dream, to dare is to do.